You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Mandera. My name is The Lift or Mark from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and with me today is the legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing today, man? Doing good, dude. Uh, we're recording uh, in the morning. Started at 9 a.m. Yep, yep. I have, I have not. My eyes are still a little blurry. So, you know, my brain, I've always, I always tell my friends and even my boss one time, my brain doesn't start working until, until 10 o'clock or later. Uh, so you, you can't make me do anything too difficult or too <laughs> complex up until then, because I, I won't get through it quickly. <laughs> pay, pay me from work from eight until, uh, from eight until 10, but do not ask me to do any work until 10. Honestly, I would love a job where I could go in at like 10 and leave at seven. Like I, I would prefer that sort of hourly rotation. Um, and like, I think that there are even like, there's been a lot of studies in the last five or six years that kind of support that as an option for businesses. Now, obviously, you know, there are some companies like Starbucks probably can't get away with doing that, but you know, um, probably like, bre- like breakfast places can't do it. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, I got like, there are people that thrive and like get up, get to work at eight 30 or earlier and work till five and then go home and they'll go to bed at, you know, 9 PM. Well, it doesn't matter when I wake up. I'm not going to bed or before midnight. It doesn't. I can't. I won't. Can't it won't it. happen. Refuse. I cannot fall asleep. So, uh, really, it would just be so much better if I was able to, you know, really get started around 10 p.m. or later. But that's not how America works. <laughs> well, uh, we recorded late uh, this week because I uh, and my whole family ended up getting sick. So we all had a cold. We got it from the neighbors. He was tested for the COVID and did not have the COVID. So luckily, we don't have the COVID. Um, but uh, but we I I I shouldn't probably make light light of it. But um, but we we were just sick. So everyone was sick. So I had like no voice. It felt like there were knives in my throat whenever we were supposed to record. And uh, and so I, we didn't record. So that's why we're recording late. And that's why the episode's going to come out a couple of days late. But the point, the important thing is, is that we're we're getting the episode out. Um, we have an interview with Static Sheep. We're going to looking at Tarek with a champion spotlight um, and we have the part two of the relationship uh, pillars of relationships closing thoughts um, that's going to be going on this episode but the one thing that we wanted to make sure that we did this episode that we have not done we keep saying we're going to do we pick a deck we say that we're going to go with that deck and then we forget to talk about it every single episode and that is the deck name game so if you're not in our discord you can go to deck name game channel and you if you're not in our discord you can join our discord go to the deck name game channel and submit a deck um i think it's like a deck and then you put like a i don't know like an alligator mouth one or the other direction you can see in there and then uh and then you put the deck code it'll bring up the deck and then you let us know it what you named it and if we like the name of the deck and we like the build of the deck we'll highlight it on the show and then we'll put it in the show notes as well we just thought it was fun to see how creative the names could get um and so we have forgotten we've picked names guys we've picked your we've picked your decks 
and then we have completely forgotten and now no one's posting in there because we keep forgetting to talk about it at all True. uh which is which is wrong of us so uh this this week the deck name game winner is uh gibbles and bits with the deck mission unblockable mission unblockable which i believe if i'm correct is a swole squirrel deck isn't it yeah, so this is a kind of it, it, like a half. It looks to me like it's a meme deck that can still win normally. Um, and so it's Lulu and Tarek with a big support synergy running, uh, the uh, you know, just a couple really good early game stuff. You've got uh, the Solari Soldier on one, which is just obviously good, um, especially for what looks like a you know fairly aggressive deck but then you've got a lot of support synergies mentor of the stone even tayari the traveler um you've got the bay guide and uh fuzzy caretakers as well um fey guide is really cool because if i if i remember correctly that's the one that can hand out elusive to somebody mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. when you have swole squirrel giving swole squirrel elusive has got to be one of the funnest funniest things you can do um, and then you even have Mountain Sojourners to just, if you can somehow establish a board with multiple supports on it, you can just pass that uh, that support effect down the line and just kind of run away with the game. Yeah, throw them when all on the, the elusive Swole Squirrel. Right, yeah, put it all on Swole Squirrel. Uh, and then Windfarer, Hatchling, Mina Swiftfoot. Um, this does seem to look to be more of a mid-rangey, like an aggressive mid-rangey build. You've got a couple Zenith Blades to get Overwhelm, which I hear if you put Overwhelm on a big Swole Squirrel, that's pretty hilarious. Pale Cascades rush as a way to keep the creatures alive. One of the things that I think this deck can struggle with, and I think Ionia in general can struggle with, is that their tricks to save their creatures are just a little expensive. So think about when you attack, getting quick attack in and of itself can often be a trick so uh running three copies of rush and i have long since argued in favor of uh rush as a uh as a trick in ionia decks that want to care about board state um and then of course uh you've got the denies in here as well so with lulu and Tarek, you should be able to get things buffed up and increase their survivability and pass the support effects along all while uh, handing out elusive with Fey Guide to the big things that you really want to smash the face. Uh, awesome. Well, you know, we had to, we had to support a Swole Squirrel deck, guys. We we just had to. The, the, we really didn't have an option. We had to support Swole Squirrel. So we saw a Swole yeah, Squirrel deck. We supported the Swole Squirrel deck. So deck name game winner this week, which was really like two weeks ago, is Gibbles and Bits with the Mission Unblockable. You can find that deck in the uh, in the notes or uh, in the description of this episode if you want to check out his Make Swole Squirrel Elusive, support the heck out of him, and bash your buddy or your opponent in the face. I guess if you're playing it against a friend, you, you could bash your buddy in the face as well. We will try to be more dedicated to highlighting one deck from the Deck Name Game channel. There's plenty of new opportunities with the release of Targon. So um, with the Targon region and some future cards coming out, you can uh, get in there and submit some decks for the Deck Name Game. And we will do our best. Try, we're, I'm, I don't want to make promises I can't keep, but we're really trying to make sure we remember the deck name game for each episode moving forward. Right now, we're gonna go ahead and get Static Sheep in here. He's gonna tell us a little bit about his experience as the first champion, legit champion, by the way, guys. DBN said, if I won, we're never doing it again, and I didn't win. I almost won. 
So now I guess we have to do it again. Yeah, now we have to do it again. I came with, <laughs> I came with the best record. Okay, so uh, we're going to get Static Sheep in here, talk to him a little bit about uh, his experience in the Legends Cast Discord League Season 1, and also tell you what's coming up for Legends Cast Discord League Season 2. Now it's a party! Well, guys, we are here right now with the winner of the Legends Cast Discord League Season 1. We had an epic duel at the end. Uh, DBN said that I was going to have to interview myself, and he was not right. <laughs> because uh, live on stream, live casted by DBN, I got hard stomped by our own Static Sheep. Static Sheep is here with us today um, to do a little bit of a, of a post-league interview. Static Sheep, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. I'm excited to be here. Excited to, to talk about some children's card games. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, this is the least... Okay, maybe it's not the least children-y. It, it, it has some childish artwork, right? It's, it, I mean, it's like children adjacent. Not we're not going we're not going full Pokemons here. Was like right. it makes it makes me feel like a child sometimes. This game is hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> was was the rant was the rant about child? This is a child's card game. Was that Rainad? Was that is that where it started? I feel like it was Rainad with her stuff. I don't remember. I'm not sure exactly. Um, there was a uh, this this YouTube series. Um, uh called uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, where they basically just took episodes and then dubbed it over. And I know that children's card game was a, a running running gag in that series. Oh, okay, because, okay. Yeah, the, the fate of the world rested on this children's card game. Time, so. <laughs> yeah. I just remember watching Raynad, like, early on in his, like, in his salty days, uh, like, ranting and then just shutting down stream and quitting ranting about playing and losing a, a child's card game that's that's all i remember he was the bad boy of hearthstone wasn't he yeah i think he i think he's just <laughs> fall, fallen somewhere into the depths of tempo storm now and hasn't turned back up yeah. but th this interview isn't about Raynad, as it turns out that's not that's not no. what we're here talking about so care about that guy yeah he bridges yeah Raynad can suck it yeah well you, we would have had to have a, a bridge built to him to have burnt it with him but well now we'll never have one. we set our not side of the shore that. on fire now you can't build a bridge to us <laughs> this is on fire it's too dangerous um static sheep <laughs> tell us about yourself man uh you know tell us about your your card game playing uh history and and kind of what brought you to legends of runeterra okay um yeah so uh i really haven't played card games all that long i guess compared to a lot of the people that i talk to that are really into card games um i've probably played for the the last six years or so um i just played like magic casually with some friends um just like buy boosters and, and do drafts and stuff with brown kitchen tables and stuff like that uh and then um right about the time hearthstone came out i was like oh that looks fun i'll try it and then just got me hooked instantly and i was like hearthstone's the greatest game ever uh like i'm gonna play this till i die mm -hmm. <laughs> Spend way mm -hmm. way more money than than i want to admit on it and uh just like it, it was my thing and um like yeah just just got me hooked i don't I don't know exactly 
what it is that I love card games so much, but I think just kind of I, I like the the strategic gameplay. Um, I like the the deck building and kind of the the self expression that you can kind of get in that. Like you kind of like own your pet deck and just like this is mine. I want to like play this against everybody else's deck stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah, Hearthstone was it. Uh, I was gonna play it forever, and uh, then last year uh the company that made hearthstone uh had uh made some choices that i didn't agree with and i was like okay well in good conscience i can't continue to play this and keep supporting it so uh there was a very very long six month span or so where i was waiting for my hearthstone replacement <laughs> because mm-hmm. i i i just wanted to get it back in and start playing card games again and then when riot announced uh legends of runeterra i was like okay i think this could be it and uh got in as soon as i could in the open beta and just been in love with this game ever since so nice now were you a riot game lover already like did you play uh did you play league and things did you have some sort of a background in the riot universe i've i've played league a little bit um i have friends that are really into league and i'll play with them sometimes but like i honestly haven't played that much like my account can't even get into ranked games <laughs> for leagues which is all my friends want to play so <laughs> it hasn't really gotten that and then whenever i'm in the league client i mainly play um team fight tactics sure and so that doesn't help <laughs> get there at all but yeah i i love the the world and, and the characters i think the the designs of everything is so cool but I just um the the main thing is how long the the games take. Uh, it seems like every game of league I've played goes thirty five minutes plus, and I'm just not interested in that. Yeah, especially if I lose. <laughs> I'm not interested in being flamed for being terrible and knowing uh, before I ever got into the game that I was indeed terrible. Um and uh <laughs> and then being yelled at for something that I knew ahead of time. Uh yeah I I was. Right. I played League a couple, and I think everybody, right, can can echo that. Every gamer has that those friends who are really into League. I feel like I feel like that's the case. Like every every gamer can say, "Oh yeah, those are my friends. They're they're really they're really into League of Legends, right?" <laughs> we we all have at least one of those friends in our life. Um, so tell us. I mean, you 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 beat me pretty hard, and I can't. I'll be honest with you. I uh I was so blown away by the Jinx deck that I lost to that I couldn't even remember the other deck that I lost to. Uh, uh I brought uh, Twisted Fate Diana and uh the Jinx Freyliord uh kind of Poro deck. Okay, sure. So tell us tell us about those two decks and why it is that you decided to bring it. I mean, you really you really threw it out there in the Discord a couple days before our match. Um I mean, you 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 really laid the smack down on me before we ever got into the game. So there was high hopes, high expectations that you were gonna bring some pretty spicy, pretty meme stuff uh, to to our game. And I I, I think that you uh, you went above and beyond the call uh, in, in bringing stuff that, uh, <laughs> that, were, that was pretty out there. I did not know how to respond to it. Tell us about the two decks. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so. I can't remember when I made that post in the Discord, but I think I 
I didn't have my decks decided at that point, so I like made that. Up. Like, <laughs> okay, now I need to to figure out exactly what I'm what I'm doing here. Put your money um, where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just trying to have fun, just be memeing, and then I was like, okay, oh, now I need to actually back this up. Uh, but yeah, um, basically, I just kind of looked at um a few of the cards that uh I thought were were pretty strong. And just wanted to see, uh, for yeah, from the new set, and just wanted to see like what direction I could take those in. Um, that I wasn't really seeing too much um, from everybody else. And so the the two main cards that I built around were uh, Pale Cascade and Horo Cannon. Um, mm. Those those cards are just absolutely nutty. And <laughs> mind the the my mind the the tempo swing that you get from them is really really cool um and i just enjoy playing with those cards so i thought um a jinx deck worked for poro cannon and poros obviously so that's why i went with the the jinx freljord uh probably have a little too many synergies going on <laughs> it can fall apart a lot of times or it just doesn't have any direction um but that was fun and then um uh pale cascade i have the diana twisted fate Twisted Fate because he's my favorite champ in the game, and okay. you want to draw cards, which Pale Cascade does, and uh, Diana because she's extra copies of Pale Cascade. So. <laughs> just, just Diana, not because you want her as a champ, just because more opportunities to play Pale Cascade. Yeah, no, she's she's a very strong strong unit, and I enjoyed mm -hmm. playing with her. But the the main thing is that uh, I think Pale Cascade is an absolutely nutty card, and getting more copies of that uh, is is a draw to playing Diana for me. Very nice, yeah. man. Well, it was too, I mean, the games weren't like, uh, weren't blowouts, uh, you know, but I just absolutely couldn't. I never found the opportunity to recover. I found the Jinx Poro deck to be really interesting. I actually saw somebody on stream the other day playing something that was pretty similar, playing a lot of the elusive Poros, buffing up the Boro Poros. And I saw uh, BBG playing one with Professor Von Yip. Now, I didn't see one of those come down in our game, I don't think, but do you run I, Professor Von Yip? I did. Um, I actually made sure uh, not to lethal you right away with my Mystic Shot at the end because I wanted to show you I had Von Yip in the deck. <laughs> my last turn was was Vanya Mystic Shot for Lethal. Okay, yeah, I I guess uh w because Vanyip didn't go off, I didn't notice. But Vanyip, right. Vanyip works good in that deck. Yeah, yeah, no, Vanyip has been a card that I've been trying to make work since the beginning of the game. I'm I'm still not totally convinced he's there yet, but he's so much fun. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. DBN, do you have questions for Static Sheep about uh, about his experience in the Legends Cast Discord League Season One? Well, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually just interested um, how you approached the um, kind of pool play. And so, uh, spoilers for everybody listening: we are going to be announcing the uh, next season. But um, I am interested in uh, how you approach that pool play. And specifically when it comes down to, um, like, playing week in and week out and adjusting your decks as you go. Because as we went through the season, I think we had one or even two balance patches. Mm -hmm. um, definitely in, in pool play we had one, and then I think we had another one while we were doing the bracket. Uh, mm -hmm. So 
how did you did you normally play like the same thing and just kind of improve it as you go did you switch the decks out a lot um i'm just interested to see because i i talked to a lot of different people who had different approaches of like well this week i'm playing this you know some people tried to counter the meta some people played the same thing and got practice with it some people um you know just played whatever was came to their head on that day you know so it's just interesting and i'd love to hear what your what your approach was yeah um so yeah my approach was uh pretty straightforward um uh so the first four rounds of the group play i brought heimerdinger by every single time <laughs> and just opened with it and then i had like one or two other decks uh based on like what i i thought was good at the time um i i guess uh i didn't really understand like what the competitive level of the discord league was um and so yeah i might have i might have put some people off just bringing top tier stuff right at the beginning um but uh i i enjoy the the competition so i was like okay i'll, I'll just bring the best stuff and like see what my opponents are doing and if they're bringing the best stuff too then we're getting real good competitive matches and that was kind of my mindset going in and that's what i enjoyed but um yeah so i had heimer heimer vi every time uh that's been my favorite deck like since the start of the game <laughs> and then <laughs> right in the the middle of the league uh, it got a balance patch where four of the cards got nerfed into oblivion. Yeah, we're <laughs> just <back>. gone. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can't play this anymore. And so then I had to, to figure something else out. And so, um, yeah, I I played uh, Heimer by um, at the start, um, mainly because like it, it was a very strong deck, but also it was a deck that I felt very comfortable with. And so when I had to transition out of that and um, find new decks to play I kind of just stuck with the the comfort picks for me not necessarily the the tier one decks but maybe it's something that's tier two like um, I played uh, scouts quite a bit after that that I might be tier one now but when mm -hmm. when I was playing it it was at the time it was tier two which I don't know how exactly that works because I don't think many cards have changed it's <laughs> a good question but yeah. uh but uh, it was just something a deck that I felt very um, comfortable with, was playing it a lot on the ladder. It's like, okay, I can bring this. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, once once you kind of pick your, your one deck that you're just like, all right, I have to play this, those regions are locked off to you. And so then you're just kind of like, mm -hmm. okay, what else can I do with everything else I have available to me? So, yeah. Yeah, I find that to be a, found that to be a really interesting part of, of you know, deck, creation for this because i created i created lux uh ash in the very beginning and that deck never got hit through both balance patches patches and the expansion release because keep in mind the expansion release came and we only had the championship left to play i believe um like the last match was post was like right after the targon expansion came out so you know static had to do a lot of sort of evolving to, to come up with a couple of decks to bring to that which obviously he did because he picked two cards from the uh the mountain whatever climb the mountain expansion um and, and focused in on them uh but it was it was interesting because i started i started you know i knew that ash lux was coming with me so right off the bat everything from frail yord and demacia was out so you know it was like okay i guess i'm i'm not, never gonna bring tempo indoor i'm never bringing scouts uh you know i'm, I'm never gonna be bringing 
you know, sort of like a Bannerman version or anything, uh, because I knew that those two factions were out before I ever got in. Um, and it, it, it forced you to do some slightly more creative things, I think, especially if there was a faction that you were like, really particularly strong with or really comfortable with the format that we used this time sort of forced you out of that comfort zone for at least one of your decks which i thought was a really good thing um and i really enjoyed that static uh tell us do you have a word of advice for legends well first off are you going to be participating like are you going to be returning do you think in the discord league season two? Oh yeah i i had a lot of fun with this and yeah just um yeah having those those matches set up and getting to to meet everybody from the community was a lot of fun too um a lot of my opponents uh like weren't always uh um posting in the discord or, or just kind of um i don't want to say like lurking but not as active as some of the, the other members on the discord and uh just uh yeah getting to to chat with them and and talk about the the card game with them uh being set up in a match every week was was a lot of fun so um i'd definitely do it again and, and hope to to meet more of the community that way yeah i agree i thought that was a really cool thing to be able to i mean i played against some folks who i had just really almost never chatted with at all which i thought was really was really awesome do you have a word of advice let's look at you're going to be playing in season two so we you know your people are going to have some good competition um can you give some word of advice for those legends cast discord league folks who are going to be joining season two um it, it's a long haul it's it's you know usually six seven weeks uh playing games once you know playing a match once a week and things any advice for those folks who are thinking about joining up in season two of the discord league um, yeah, I, I guess if uh, you want to to take it really try hard and uh, try to try to win a bunch, um, yeah, just uh, I think the the most important thing, um, and this this goes for ladder too, is uh, just finding a deck that you're comfortable with, uh, because what what I love about this game, um, is just how much interaction uh there is and how how many decision points you have throughout a given game and just that like a tier two deck can um in the hands of a good player can absolutely stomp the the tier one deck um pretty consistently just based on, on the comfort and the knowledge of the matchup and, and and your deck and what you're trying to do um you get so many more percentage points out of that than just playing the the tier one decks um suboptimally um and so that's that's been really cool yeah you don't have to feel locked into the tier one decks um to to do well uh yeah just being able to to play your deck optimally um and be comfortable with it uh i think is the the really the best approach you can take in this game great advice great advice from our friend static sheep uh well dbn do you want to take a quick moment and tell us about season two and what to expect yeah, so good news, guys. Um, we are ready to announce that Season 2 of the Legends Cast Discord League uh, is going to be coming up. And uh, we are looking to start this in August. Uh, we are going to open registration as soon as that's what I meant. Uh, so reminder to everyone, we're recording at, uh, we started recording at 9 a.m. on a Saturday, and your boy stayed up till about 2 a.m., so... Um, <laughs> I'm I'm just barely hanging on here, guys. Give me cut me some slack. 
but we um no seriously we uh we're gonna be starting it in uh, october i still almost said august <laughs> and um the way it's going to work is we're changing some of the formatting we're going to open up registration as soon as this episode goes live um so you guys will be able to find that in our discord mm-hmm. um once again uh if you're listening to this and you're not in the discord we say it every week but get your butt in the discord get now. in the discord get in here it's it's where the it's where the the flavor is you yeah. know um so got to get in the discord that's the first thing um the second thing is uh and I'm pulling up the information here um we are going to be starting the first week on uh the so registration will close on October the 2nd and then we will open up for the first pairings uh on Sunday October the 4th and so just like last season We'll get pairings on Sunday, and you'll have until the next Sunday to play those games, or I guess Saturday night at midnight to play your match. Um, so we had a lot of good feedback on actually like the people playing, um, and you know getting to know the different community. We did have some issues with people dropping out because we had originally elected to like do like a group stage thing um, mm-hmm. where you'd play in your group, and then we cut a bracket from the winners of each group. That was not as favorable for people. Um, kind of dropping in and out. So we did decide to switch uh, our kind of format to a Swiss style, whereby everyone will be sorted into the pool. You'll get matchups. Uh, and then when you win, obviously, you'll hold on to that record and you'll be paired with people of a similar uh, rank as you. So that should do two things. Um, so if you go 2-0, and o, you'll be paired with someone who's 2-0. and o. Um, So one... That should challenge the players who are, you know, winning by playing them with other winning players and should ideally they'd be playing against people with similar, uh, I guess, deck concepts and playing pretty competitively. If you lose, you have a chance to get, you know, lose that first game, you have a chance to get back in. Um, I hope it will maybe even get a little bit of rivalry uh, stuff going with players who lose to somebody in the uh, in the Swiss and then have to play each other again in the bracket because that's always fun. Um, yeah. So and then uh, we're gonna have five weeks of that. We may bump it to six weeks of Swiss uh, if we get a large turnout, and then um, we're gonna be looking at cutting to a top eight. Uh, and so once we cut to the top eight, we'll have slightly different. Uh, rules for that just to kind of build up the pressure um, and then uh, we will have our uh, prizes for the top three so that's going to be $50 of a Google Play or iTunes gift card depending on which you prefer and a hat and an interview like Static Sheep is here for um, and that will be for first place there will be $20 gift card for second and 10 for third so whichever you use itunes or google play you can let us know and we'll get you a gift card for those if you get first second or third and then this season we're doing something a little bit different uh as well to encourage people to uh stick around and play all their matches the reason we switched to swish swiss also is so that if people lose their first two or three games and knowing that they probably won't be able to get back in if they you know fail which it's fine uh, but it won't affect anything for those top eight players, uh, theoretically. Um, but for those who complete all of their matches, win or loss, doesn't matter. And if they don't uh, get into the prize pool, 
Um, so if they don't make the top three, anyone who completes all their games will be entered in a raffle to win a Legends Cast hat. So just getting your games in every week will still get you entered in to win a hat, uh, no matter if you do well or not. So that's the idea here, and we're we're pretty excited by that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, that is really exciting. Love it. So we are having a change in the format, which I do need to announce here. Um, here's how it works. So last season we did Conquest, and we kind of had this situation where um, as long as you didn't repeat regions, you had to play whatever you want. If you win uh, or lose, you you switch your decks. Um, and so we wanted to kind of streamline this a little bit because we had a lot of questions, especially uh, newer like players to competitive. You know, and so we still are not going to be doing like shared deck lists, open deck lists, because that's just a layer of difficulty for our players that we don't want to, yep. you know, instill on them. So what we're doing is uh, for Swiss, we're switching from Conquest to last, uh, last deck standing, last hero standing, depending on where you come from. Um, so basically, uh, the way I, I always say is it's like uh, a Pokemon battle on Game Boy. Uh, <laughs> it, once your uh, deck loses, it's eliminated. Uh, and so you and you can't play it again. And once all of your decks uh, are eliminated, or rather, in this case, uh, once you um, have uh, won two of your three games, it's going to be best of three. Once somebody's won two games, then they will have won the whole thing. So if you win, you have to keep playing that deck. So, um, for instance, if I queue in um, Ionia, Targon, Lee Sen and I win, and Mark loses with his, um, I don't know, whatever, uh, Ash deck, um, then that Ash deck will be eliminated. You cannot repeat regions just like before, so Mark will have to go and play um, Misfortune and Demacia uh, and, or whatever, and I have to keep playing the deck that I played before. Yep, until that um, deck loses. Right, and so again, you cannot repeat regions but we are instituting a ban system here where players before the match will message the um their opponent message the their opponent thank you gotcha uh, and select one region to ban so it's not going to be banning a deck you're going to ban a region um so if you're really sick of playing targon with all their new bs that's not how i feel but some people feel that way you can just ban targon um, if you think that there's two or even three top tier lists that run Noxus, you can just ban Noxus and like, you know, take out the most uh, powerful faction. So um, you'll be able to do that. And then as long as you don't play that region, you can play any other combinations you want. When we cut to a bracket, we're going to slightly shift. We're going to go to best of five. You will bring four decks um, and then you will present your opponent with the champion composition and factions in that deck they'll ban one deck and then uh you'll go uh, through the best of five um that's pretty much it and hopefully you guys will enjoy it at the end of the season we do plan to have uh season two we do plan to do a survey i know that's a ways out um uh, but keep in mind that uh, as we go through the season feel free to put your feedback in our discord chat or just message me um, but, uh, you know, maybe write it down somewhere so that when it comes to the survey, we can get that going so that season two, three and on can be as enjoyable as possible. Thank you for listening. 
awesome. And if you want to know what these rules are and make sure that you can get them in written form, if that helps you, the rules will eventually be posted in our Discord channel and pinned to the Discord League. You can go and sign up in our Discord whenever this re uh, episode releases. So make sure you go and sign up for Season 2 of the Discord League. Static Sheep, I want to say once again, thank you so much for coming on the show and doing an interview with us. Also, thank you so much uh, for just being part of the League. We really appreciate that. And congratulations on being the winner of Season 1 of the Discord League. You will always have that bragging right around here, man. You know, you were always the first to win. That's right. Always yeah, the first. You, <laughs> well congratulations uh uh static and and once again man we really appreciate you really appreciate you being part of the community and really appreciate your support because static is not only uh, a participant in the discord league but also one of our patreon supporters so thank you so much for supporting the show and, and being behind us we we really appreciate that so now if static sheep wins the raffle for the patreon he'll have two hats and we'll have to hold a, a battle to the death with the other Patreons to see who gets the second hat. That's what's going to happen. Do you uh, want to watch? That sounds, that sounds too scary to me. I'll just concede the hat. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't want to watch all of our other supporters battle to the death. No, uh, no, no, no. Okay. All right. Well, all right, maybe next time, maybe, maybe next we, Patreon person. We did have 13 supporters, but one of our supporters won a second hat. And now we only have two supporters because he made them all kill each other. So that's right. Yeah. That's right in a cage they don't need fight. their finances now what a way <laughs> what a way to end the interview time with static here static on your way out is there anything else you want to say to to the community or to our listeners uh yeah no you you guys have a, a lovely community uh i've gotten to get to know them over the week and just hanging out on the discord and uh i'm sure they're they're listening right now as well and uh if anybody's not a part of that get in there it's a good time everybody's uh hanging out super friendly uh they love runeterra and they love talking about it so if you've got any questions everybody's in there i'm in there all the time and uh yeah it's it's just been really great to to be a part of this uh listening to the show every week and uh hanging out with you guys so yeah thank you for all this Awesome, man. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Static, I know that you have things to do and people to see, so we're going to let you go. And uh, so thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you in Season 2 of the Discord League, my friend. Oh, man, guys, it was awesome to have Static Sheep with us uh what a cool guy and uh, awesome to have the first winner. And like I said, he'll always have the bragging rights from now on out. It, it, as long as this show exists, he can say... Hey guys, I, I I remember when I won season one. Hey guys, you, yeah. you remember that? You remember that time when I beat Mark in season one? That's right. Beat the person who has the show. Yeah, you know, <laughs> beat, beat him. So yeah. really, we may, we may not have a trophy to etch his name on, but his name will be forever etched in our hearts. I'm just gonna have it tattooed across my throat. Yeah, defeated by Static Sheep. Yeah, and the and the date and the date, just a tattoo across across my throat. That's that's what it's gonna. One thing we yeah. didn't ask him, we didn't ask him uh, what where his name came from, and I wish we would have. I mean, sheep's oh, probably static cause sheep. static, right? It reminds me of like a Pokemon. There's a Pokemon that's there, literally like a static electric sheep. Yeah, there there's an electric uh, woolly wool wool. Wool Doctor. No, I don't remember what his name is. I, I don't know if it's that, but I, I think we're picturing the same thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're definitely picturing. He turns into an electric dragon, too. Oh, I don't... In, it, oh, in wait, his fully yeah, evolved no, right. form. Yeah. That's uh, right. 
Ye electric. Because okay, I shouldn't even look wild, this up. Because in the wild, sheeps turn into dragons. That's how it works. That is so exactly. Actually, you're you're actually right. It's Marip. Marip. M-A-R-E-E-P. Maybe that's what his name oh, comes right. from. Marip. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about because this isn't a show about Pokemon. Um, even if uh, one episode, whenever uh, Saucy Mailman was on, he tried to turn it into that. Um, this isn't. Uh, this isn't a show about Pokemon. This is a show about Legends of Runeterra. And today we're going to do a champion spotlight on our good friend Tarek. Don't worry, I am here. Okay, guys, champion spotlight on Tarek. So Tarek uh, was a champ that I wasn't super thrilled about in the beginning, but I think me and DBN have been playing a very similar list. Um, DBN, uh, do you have Tarek pulled up? Do you want to give us a quick rundown, or would you like me to do that? I've got it right here. Tarek is a four-mana champion in Targon. Um, this guy has two attack, four defense, and the effect support. Give me and my supported ally tough for this round. Copy the last spell you cast on only me this round onto that ally. Um, and then you level up Tarek once he has seen you target or support allies seven plus times. Yep. Um, now, we did talk about this in the previews, and we kind of had some thoughts on this guy and, um, you know, as well as on the supported, um, you know, the, the supportive cards around him. Um I think if I remember correctly, we weren't like super high on this guy. I know Mark wasn't big on Tarek when he, he was originally like, was previewed. Before we saw a whole lot else that was in the set, though, like when he was originally, yeah, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, ah, man, like he wasn't the card that I was going to to craft first. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but since then, how you know how much have you looked at Tarek? How much have you played around with him, and how much have you had him played against you? Does he seem to be fairly popular? Like in your experience? No, he's not. And let me go. His leveled up form is support when, uh, so he's a th format of three five. When he levels up, he's he, he reads now support my targeted ally and I can't take damage or die this round. Copy the last spell you cast on only me this round and onto that ally. It can't be yeah. copied again, which is an important little thing. They actually added that. That it didn't originally say that, and there was like some sort of an infinite combo with him that I didn't realize was out there. But I guess I guess there was some sort of an infinite combo because you could you could like keep copying the spell. I, I guess you could get like a uh, I don't know like a I don't I don't know how it worked. But there was there was some sort of an infinite combo broke game. They did like a quick balance patch and added that in. Um, and then I think so for me DBN one of the most important things about Tarek is actually his second card which is if you have a Tarek on the board and one in hand it becomes Tarek's Blessing of Targon which is a burst five mana burst that gives an ally plus three plus three not till the end of turn permanently because I have found that that is really sometimes absolutely busted with him I have not seen Tarek played a ton there have been some decks that I've seen play him and he has not ever been what I would call easy to deal with. But what I found was initially people were like, well, I'll put him in a support deck. But I think what people noticed was that the support decks work really well if they're fast. And most people have been playing kind of like Lulu Zed or Lulu Shen support um, because it just, it just goes a little bit quicker than what Tarek does and those support decks. So initially, first couple of days, yeah, Tarek in support decks. Now, I don't see that nearly as much. I think that people have realized that with the Aurelian Soul Trundle decks out there and then some of the other decks that have not gone away, things like Scouts, um, 
that they need, you know, some of the aggressive decks that we're seeing now, like the Diana Nocturne decks, people have seen that, okay, the, the best way to play support is actually just to snowball an early game board, with, like insane with Lulu and hope that your opponent really can't interact with it. Basically hope they're not playing P and Z. Um, and so I have not seen a ton of Tarek recently, but the place that Tarek has found a home for me, and I think for you, is Tarek Lee Sin. Yeah, and that's where when we initially saw all of the gems uh, coming out, I mean, that's where my head went instantly was, wow, like this makes, especially when they're summoning and creating gems in hand, this makes Lee Sin all the easier to trigger um, because you don't have to go fishing for those spells yep. that came from your deck. You're generating them. Um, and Tarek is fascinating because... Um, and just kind of, you know, before we jump into the Lee Sin as like a example deck, I think there's something interesting that you you mentioned about how um, Tarek doesn't necessarily support that aggressive game plan. I think you're totally right. There's two things to remember about Tarek when you drop him down. Um, obviously, he won't be leveled yet. Uh, he gives you and your ally tough. He himself doesn't have amazing stats. His stats aren't great. No. Now, at, if you play him down on curve, it's unlikely that they're going to have a five attack creature base but they can probably pretty easily buff something up to five attack which is what they would need to kill him with tough um more importantly i mean and, and that's a specific situation i found that he has been frustrating to have on turn four against like um the sejuani ash noxus list because they have so many five attack oh <laughs> yeah creatures. that's probably true um but uh, that's just a side note the other thing is that you really want to get the value on him which you only get once you attack and you only get that value when you attack uh if you have a creature around and if you have a spell to play on him yeah um so he's a very rewarding champion in that you know even just copying one spell especially if it's like a pale cascade which i think is the ideal one because yeah. he's drawing you more cards um even if you play a pale cascade uh, you need to attack with them to get that. You need to have an ally to receive it, and you have to have a spell. It's like three things to get that max value. But once you do, if you can achieve that investment and have those things lined up well, he's amazing. He's sure. really good, and he keeps feeding you turn after turn after turn. And don't forget, the gems can heal him. Um, there's just so much to love about playing him, but he does need setup. And generally speaking, you don't have the mana uh, to set things up in an aggro deck. And really, there's been a kind of... The way aggro tends to work in this game is that you you don't really want any one card that relies on you having any other one or two cards uh, because you can't... Because your opponent's going to be always on the back foot trying to kill things as it comes out. Um, and so that's the issue sometimes with playing Tarek on turn four is that if your opponent is a control deck, they're just going to be killing off the creatures that you put down ahead of it, and you need to have something for him to support. Um, so I think you're right. I think Tarek, obviously you need to play it with spells, but you also need to have creatures, so it requires that balance. But I think that he does definitely belongs in a more mid-rangey uh, or combo-centric list, and that's what we have here in this uh, Lee Sen build. Yeah, you know, I found that some of the best things with, with Tarek is that it's kind of like, okay, turn one, two, three, you're kind of like, I want to build up two to three spell mana and get a creature or two on the board. And then from there, I want to attack with Tarek, buff the creature. But before I attack with Tarek, I want to hit with, you know, a Pale Cascade, a Twin 
disciplines. Um, and then if you damage my Taric in future turns, I'm going to hit him with Guiding Touch, which is the heal an ally or uh, heal any ally for two, and then draw one because that's going to heal me for two, heal my ally that I'm attacking with for two, and draw me two cards. I found that both Palecast Aid and Guiding Touch specifically extremely strong with Taric because they're buffing or healing. So they're, they're giving you some survivability with your Taric and the, the creature that he's doing things with. And then in addition to that, they're also drawing you double the amount of cards. And I think that that is where Tarek really shines, is duplicating draw cards, um, which Guiding Touch and Pale Cascade seems to me, because they're both burst speed, seems to be the best two. But I'll be honest with you, copying Zenith Blade, also very, very strong. Very, very, oh, absolutely. very, very strong. It's the overwhelm on it. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, as you play gems... Um, those gems will give you that permanent plus one attack buff. And so if you're playing a couple gems on Tarek, you play uh, a Zenith Blade on Tarek, and even if he doesn't, you know, if he hands the uh, Overwhelm over, that's great and all too. Um, but just the ability that he'll have Overwhelm for the rest of his existence. And because mm -hmm. he's so difficult to get rid of, and because you're building your deck to keep him alive, um, you know, that's going to be the gift that keeps on giving as you continually buff his attack with gems. Yep. Now, the deck that this runs in in the combo deck we're talking about is the Lee Sin deck, which some people, I think, maybe don't exactly understand. So Lee Sin is a 6-mana 3-6 that whenever he levels up, so he if you cast a spell, he gets Challenger. Cast another spell, he gets Barrier. So obviously, cast a couple of gems. Um, then you can, once you've cast 7 spells, he levels up. When he levels up, he is a 6-mana 4-7 with Challenger and uh, that gets cast a spell, get a Challenger, cast a spell, get Barrier. And if he challenges somebody he dragon rages them which means he deals his combat damage both to them and to the enemy nexus and if he doesn't kill them he recalls that back to the opponent's hand so in other words you can like you never actually attack with your lee sin so if you attack a four attack four health minion with lee sin challenge it leveled up he'll deal four to the creature and kill it four to the opponent's face and then go back to your board however if you give him overwhelm with zenith blade and you buff him up. So let's say you have him as a 4-7. Um, you go ahead and throw a Zenith Blade on him. And then let's just say, for example, you throw a gem or something on him. And, and you also hit uh, a Twin Disciplines with Tarek. And, and Tarek dumps Twin Disciplines or, um, you know, uh, the, the, the card that goes with him, the Blessing of Targon. He dumps that onto Lee Sin. And you get Lee Sin up to you're talking, you know, 9 or 10 attack with Overwhelm. Because he has Overwhelm and he gets rid of the blocker, he deals his damage to face twice. So he's going to go ahead and challenge the opponent. He's going to Dragon Rage that creature, dealing, let's say, 10 points of damage to the creature and then 10 points to the damage to the opponent's face. And then now because he has Overwhelm, he is going to attack through as well for another 10 damage. So the point is you want to get gems, stabilize the board, buff the crap out of Lee Sin, and attack with Lee Sin with Overwhelm on him from Zenith Blade or Zenith Blade on Taric passed off onto Lee Sin and deal 20 points of damage in one turn because your, you know, your Lee Sin's up to 10 attack with Overwhelm, Dragon Rages, and then hits their face. Um, so the deck is a kind of like a control-y combo deck that's that's really a really interesting deck. But I think that there are a couple really important early game cards um, that go with this deck, and I, I think that we agree on what those are. So, DBN, what were the cards that you have in your early game with this deck that are really important? Yeah, so I've got uh, 
so and here's the thing this is actually like one of the biggest things to stress you have to have some creatures in the list you, like both lisa and Tarek need spells but you have to have creatures in there or yep. Tarek's gonna have nothing to support and you're not gonna be able to survive against aggro um you, we have gift giver and spacey sketcher as two one drops gift giver when i'm summoned create a gem in hand that's pretty obvious spacey sketcher has been one of the big mvp cards that seems to have arrived uh with targon because of its ability to toolbox something that you need uh by discarding something that you don't need you're not even really losing i mean technically you're you're not really losing hand advantage i mean summoning a one one's not that great but it can still be a blocker um but uh you know turning a extra copy of hush like the fleeting copy of hush into a creature um you can even get like the three three elusive which i found to be very helpful against the elusive decks that are mm -hmm. running around um so spacey sketcher is great and then the big mvp really of this deck and and at all the old lisa decks anyways the the thing that i think even makes it semi-viable is eye of the dragon yeah that card's um, so important this card is the most important card in this deck and the good news is because you're playing so many cards that protect Lee Sen, they double as protection for Eye of the Dragon, which I highly encourage you to invest in keeping your Eye of the Dragon around. Eye of the Dragon is that two-mana 1-3 that came from the uh, Rising Tides expansion. It has a tune, which is very helpful because you have a lot of spells to throw around. And then on round start, you'll summon a Dragonling if you cast two-plus spells last round. Um, so the good news is... Um, you're pretty much able to always trigger <laughs> the uh, Eye of the Dragon yep. pretty consistently, especially with the gems and stuff. You do have to kind of plan your mana ahead of time. Um, but uh, this is the card that you want a hard mulligan for. If you look at your opponent's deck and you think that they're playing aggro, you want a hard mulligan for Eye of the Dragon because it's likely you're not able to survive without it. Um, and then on three, so then you have like a huge amount of two and three cause spells. And then on three, we have Mentor of the Stones. We've yep. talked about this a bunch of times on this podcast, but support, grant your supported ally plus two plus two. That buff doesn't go away at the end of the turn. That stays. And then last breath, create three gems in hand. It's kind of a, a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation for the opponent where um, they know that you can do a lot with those gems. So if they kill Mentor of the Stones, you know, you get the things that are going to fuel your deck, fuel your combo. But if they leave it around, it's going to start buffing things like potentially your Eye of the Dragon or buffing up the Dragonling to keep yourself healing. Um, and then one of the cool things that's always important to remember is that Concussive Palm doubles as a creature. Yep. Um, and so really you have to kind of consider that both a spell and a creature. But as you can see, it's not that many creatures. We're looking at 12, uh, 12 creatures before Taric. And uh, then the three concussive palms. So you, yep. you're you've got a balance of 19 units, 21 spells in the build that I'm running, and that's not everyone's build. And I think I'm running less of a hard combo and more of a semi combo. So I'm not running like twin disciplines. I'm not worried about getting Lee Sin to 10 necessarily. I just want Lee Sin to usually if i can get them up to six or seven that's enough to finish people off but um yeah see i i'm yeah. my deck is very similar but there's a two different there's a couple differences one i'm not running spacey sketcher um and i am not running uh gift giver um i am running solari soldier and claws of the dragon so solari soldier is of mm. course the one mana that becomes a three three if you play it first time and then uh claws of the dragon if it's a two mana two two mana three two that if you cast two spells in a turn drops uh them on the board for free 
from your hand and what i have found is sometimes in the early game you actually want to cast a couple of spells from hand um but it's like okay do i do i do i put a creature on the board to defend myself am i what do i do with these this sort of doubles and so you can get a creature on the board and cast spells um almost uh, not completely unlike concussive palm which kind of does a little bit of both um and so i have run those and i've had a good i've had good experience with claws of the dragon mostly because they are a two mana that can block fearsome and there is a decent amount of fearsome going around with uh sort of like the diana nocturne decks that are about um so claws of the dragon have been helpful for me and then i am a little bit more of like a hard combo because i'm, I'm running two copies of bastion which is given an ally spiel, spell shield at burst speed i'm running two copies of deny in order to prevent my opponent from from being able to kill off my lee sin um and then i am running three copies of twin disciplines mainly because i have found they're insane with Tarek sometimes like Oh, they definitely can. Like, if you think that Tarek is hard to kill on four, it, think about think about uh, attacking in. So a, a lot of times what ended, would end up happening is kind of like you get, like, the Eye of the Dragon and the Mentor of the Stones on the board, and Mentor of the Stones buffs your Eye of the Dragon to a 3-5, and then Tarek attacks, and, and now your Tarek gets plus three health, and so he is a 2-7 with tough, and you have a, uh, what, a five, an eight, a 3-8 with tough with your Eye of the Dragon and your eye of the dragon automatically procs that's something that's really really interesting so when Tarek copies a spell it counts as a spell cast so it will so if you cast one spell on Tarek and then copy it onto eye of the dragon it's going to pull your dragon's claws from your hand onto the board and it's also going to allow eye of the dragon to summon a dragon lane next round um, so Tarek actually doubles your spells. He's not just copying it. He's casting another copy of it, which is going to level up Lee Sin faster. It's going to level up Tarek faster. It's going to trigger your Claws of the Dragon and trigger your Eye of the Dragon, um, which I have found all of those things to, to be pretty important. Well, and if you've gleaned anything from this conversation, it's that this deck, A, is not, like, completely refined. Mm -hmm. But more importantly... This deck has a lot of deck building options and weight like variants to be able to play it. You there's because you want to run so many spells, there's plenty of room to try out unorthodox spells uh in this list or spells that you want to that you think might be that that one that catches someone by surprise. For instance, like I'm running one copy of Sonic Wave, the one that can okay. give an ally challenger and then also as a burst gives someone plus two it creates a fleeting copy of resonating strike yeah i'm also running like sun blessed vigor as another way to keep things alive and and you know uh whatnot i'm i was running um the five cost deep meditation um but i found that a lot of times it was unnecessary because you're drawing so many cards from guiding touch and pale cascade um, but you're also getting gems generated, which tend to spend a lot of your mana as you kind of wait for things to develop. You've also got a couple things that are fleeting, and then you've got um, the Zenith Blade, which draws another Zenith Blade. You've got so much card cycle and card draw, Deep Meditation would occasionally feel very clunky. Um, and so I have, I'm looking at my list right now, and I'm considering uh, dropping those out and going and grabbing those Twin Disciplines. But See, let's I run... say you want more. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I say that. Let's say you want more healing, though. You can drop those and put a star shaping in. Mm -hmm. You could go and grab Will of Ionia if you know you're running into a lot of, I don't know, Nautilus or something. Sure. Uh, whatever Will of Ionia is good against. But you know, the point is, you can really kind of play it how you want to play it. 
um, with some of those and be very flexible and, and kind of think about your spell slots uh, as kind of tech options. You, you, you can play against, you can tech this deck very easily against what you're struggling against or what you're seeing a lot of. So it's a very flexible list in that sense, which I think is going to, we've talked about this with Silverfuse, I think this is going to be a pretty potent um, tournament list. I can see, I, I mean, if I was going to go to a tournament, I would could very much consider playing this and um, teching it against whatever my lineup is weak to. Yeah, I've noticed that with this deck, so a couple a couple of quick things. One, I actually do run two Deep Meditations and three Zenith Blade just because I want to be able to thin my deck in case I can't find my least Enteric. Um, and that, that helps me pull cards out of my deck. But, uh, this is the only deck I've ever had more than 10 cards in my hand and burnt some by accident, um, because it does generate and dr it draws a lot. Like there's more drawing yeah. here than you think in the, the mentor of the stones. What I have found is this deck struggles. This deck wins a lot. If you play eye of the dragon on two and mentor of the stones on three, this deck sometimes struggles if you can't get those two cards. Like, it, it's hard yeah. to build a board and to get the stuff in your hand that you need to be able to get moving. When you do draw those things, this deck can be extremely difficult to deal with and very difficult for aggro decks to handle. But Eye of the Dragon and Mentor of the Stones are both pretty central cards to the existence of, like, the, the success of this deck, I think. Um, but I have noticed that there are some matchups that's like, Okay, if I don't draw Eye of the Dragon and Mentor of the Stones, I'm going to lose. There are other decks that just don't put out pressure, really reactive style decks. And you're like, okay, well, I, if you're just going to be reactive, like I can assemble, I can draw faster than you. I can keep my hand full and I can assemble what I need. If you're not going to pressure me, I'm eventually just going to win the game. Yeah, this deck loves it when the opponent is not playing aggro. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i i think it can beat like i don't think it's a complete fold against aggro no um be, i mean eye of the dragon can single-handedly win the aggro matchup yeah guy like, I, I found that guiding touch and eye of the dragon are huge in in the aggro matchup yes absolutely and um and concussive poem is actually quite good against the aggro as well mm -hmm. uh, because you're you're developing your board when, and putting another blocker down while also stunning them um, but yeah, just having the healing from Guiding Touch and Eye of the Dragon and Eye of the Dragon's longevity um, and the fact that it's attuned to immediately allow you to start getting those Dragonlings out. Yeah, there's a lot. There are ways that this deck can face aggro, but they're inconsistent Yeah, is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. The, I think that that was the my biggest complaint against this deck. My biggest one by far is consistency. It's It's like there are games when I play and it's like, I've only had spells in my hand the whole game. I've had Solari soldiers and spells. Never was able to play to the board, was never able to get anything going, was never able to build towards a combo, just didn't get my champions. And that has not felt good. Like I'm just sitting with a handful of defensive cards and buffs that would be great on Tarek or Lee Sin, but I just can't, I don't have them. So, it, you know, I, I can't get to it. That has been frustrating for me with this deck. Um, but that has been one of the only things is the consistency level of it. That being said, this is my favorite deck since the release of Targon. Easily my favorite deck. Yeah, this like, is easy. Among, among my favorite decks. I think Static Sheep's list the Twisted Fate and um, Diana one that he played against you, I've been playing, and uh, spoiler, uh, you can 
you'll be able to find that in a YouTube video next week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, nice. that thing, that thing is a blast to pilot. I have absolutely adored playing that Twisted Fate because you you can really get TF leveled quickly between uh, uh, Pale Cascade and Guiding Touch, helping you help cycle through that deck. So yeah, it's fun to get tf leveled up is like the most fun thing in the game <laughs> uh, i well you know what leeson's been one of my favorite cards since he was released so uh still you know i i don't dislike tf but i i i really like this deck a lot yeah. really like this and deck. i i think there might be something to um you know we're running a lot of in both of our builds running a lot of spells and i think that like we like i said like there is not a refined version of this. I'm so, I'm sure someday there will be like the definitive version will happen. But because of all of those choices and all those tech, you know, options that you can put in, I don't. It's going to be a while, I think, before we find that. Um, and even then, I don't think that it will be like hard and fast as a rule. One thing I was thinking and considering was potentially increasing the creature count just a little bit to hopefully like stop those dead draws where all you have are kind of defensive reactive mm -hmm. spells uh, and potentially look at putting in the tasty uh fey folk um which if i could find yeah that's a four three with lifesteal three mana four three with lifesteal correct uh it's a it's a three mana four two four two okay unfortunately but because you're running so many defensive things um i am running sun blessed vigors but if you're running like twin disciplines you mm -hmm. know zenith blade by the way gives plus two defense there's plenty of ways to even if, if tasty Folk comes down and blocks and heals you for four against aggro that's great sure even if it dies after that's still great but it does have the potential to scale if you can protect it um so that's something i've been considering toying around with i just haven't figured out how i want to what i want to cut to put it in there maybe i cut my um my deep, deep meditations for this yeah yeah I, I think that there's there's plenty like i said there like you said there's plenty of room for messing around with this deck um and i don't think that there's a clearly defined best list out there but it is a lot of fun and there's few things more satisfying than attacking with your buffed up lee sin that has overwhelmed knowing your opponent is about to die they go to do something to him and you give him bastion they go to do something else to him and you hit them with the deny and just realize that you have a handful of cards that prevent your opponent from really doing anything to your Lee Sin. Oh, yeah. that feels good to know that you have the combo locked in and you're about to karate kick not only their face, but their creature into their face. Double kick to the face. Um, yeah. I really like that about this deck. Um, I've I, always I liked combo to, decks. I have to say, I think that one of the cool things is, I, I think as far as they go, um, Lee Sin creating a dragon rage upon a duplicate mm -hmm. like has won me the game multiple times. Having a second copy of Lee Sin yep. come up into my hand and give me a dragon rage. That's a strong ass card. It is. Like, holy crap. Probably not a card that you want to run in your deck, but there are times when it's like, okay, they, they can live through the first dragon rage. So you attack, they live through it, they play something, and then you dragon rage a second time with your buffed up Lee Sin because you have a second Lee Sin in hand. And that ends the game for you. That has happened for me yeah. as well. Because you are drawing a lot of cards with this deck. Especially if you get Taric out and you're duplicating Pale Cascade or Guiding Touch. You are drawing a decent amount with this deck. And uh, and that gives you that gives you a lot of opportunities to draw into the double Lee Sin potentially. 
and the dragon rage just gives you an extra option that that's offensive but also removal which the deck doesn't have a lot of no I mean, the the removal is definitely a weakness of both ionia and targon um and yeah. so really you're kind of forced to win the board through trading which because you can protect everything so well is definitely viable um but uh you really don't have any direct interaction unless you start putting the really expensive like will of ionius and stuff like that in um and so lee sin's challenger does the trick sonic wave can do the trick sometimes but the point is um you, you really uh you really love having that option i won a game where i had the board completely won but then my opponent drops leviathan and i'm looking at leviathan like i have no way to deal with you <laughs> So I cycled two or three cards, pick up a Dragon Rage, and I said, okay, now I have a way to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, knock it back to your opponent's hand or or, uh, or just buff up Lee Sin enough to be able to kill it. Um, exactly. Yeah, is, is definitely a fun deck. Well, that was our champion spotlight for this week. We will move on to a new champion spotlight next week. But let's go ahead and work our way out of here, and I'm going to go ahead and give a few closing thoughts. And I thought I was already perfect. <laughs> Okay, guys, today's closing thought comes once again from a book by a guy named Danny Silk called Keep Your Love On. I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due because I'm actually going to be quoting something directly from his book today. His second pillar in building healthy relationships last week, we talked about the importance of expressing love to people who you love. This one is the pillar of honor, another important part in building healthy relationships. The main concept here is that honor is given, not demanded, not expected. We have the ability to show honor in our relationships and the people that we're with. And it's important that we honor the people in our relationships, even when they frustrate us, even when they think differently than us, even when they do things that we don't agree with, which can be really challenging. And in this season, there's been a lot of people who've done things that maybe are different than the way that we've done them, or their views on things may have come out or changed in a way that we feel uncomfortable with. I just love the last paragraph in this section of the book. And Danny says this, honor allows us to keep high levels of value for and faith in people, even when they demonstrate how different than they are, different from us they are, which can be scary, or when they make mistakes, which can also be scary. Typically, people allow differences and mistakes to lower their respect and value for other people. But you know the pillar of honor is strong in a relationship when you can look at another person and say, you're really different from me, and it makes me sad when I see you making this choice, but I love you, I value you, I believe in you, and I'm here for you in this relationship. People are different than us, and now in this life, more than ever, people are different than us. Don't allow that to be a reason to discredit, disrespect, or devalue another human being. Find opportunities to value other people, even if they are very, very different than you. This is something that's exceptionally challenging for me. The pillar of honor is hard in my life. I oftentimes honor being something, I view honor as being something that is earned, not something that I have the ability and the gift to be able to give to others. And it's dishonoring to people whenever we treat them as less than human beings or less than the people that they are. And so I, to my encouragement today, 
highlight is in my encouragement today and, and maybe for the week or our lives ahead is just, you know, find ways to really honor people, especially if they're different than you. Respect people, honor people, and don't just throw people out or treat them like trash. Uh, I mean, that should be pretty common knowledge and, and I guess easy to figure out on their own, but it's something that's so easy to forget, especially when life is like it is right now okay that's it that's my closing thought honor people love people the first two pillars of healthy relationships okay guys uh thank you guys so much for tuning in uh i appreciate uh all all the all the listeners we we thank you if you're a patreon supporter you're awesome um we love you we're so thankful for you if you want to support the show you can go over to patreon.com slash legends or follow the link that's in the show description and that will allow you to be a supporter of the show consider giving us one quarter per episode that's one dollar a month be a supporter of the show and every month we draw a winner from the patreon uh supporters to give a legends cast hat to which you've heard about in previous episodes but visit patreon.com slash legends cast dbm before we get out of here how can people get connected with you i know you're gonna be putting out some new youtube stuff um and uh maybe give us one last reminder of how people can get get into that legends cast discord league season two yeah so definitely you're gonna need to join our discord you can find the link in the show notes um and once you get here you'll pop on over to our channel we have like one of those drop downs for the LC Discord League, uh, and then we will have our signups uh, ready. You'll be able to just follow the instructions, look at the pinned instructions there for how to sign up and get started playing. Um, again, just to bump the Patreon thing one more time, not to be like greedy and like, ooh, give us money, but um, give us money because we are able to pretty much, I think, more than double our prize pool from season yep. one to season two. Um, and that's like strictly because of the people supporting us on Patreon. And the more support we get there, the more we'll be able to pour into our community uh, and into that uh, the Discord League and just hand out more prizes and more fun stuff. Get get some hats. Maybe even get more stuff. Maybe even get like other things other than hats. I mean, I can't promise that because we haven't talked about that. But maybe. Maybe. So the point is, uh, the point is, we appreciate all that support, and we're really excited for the Discord League and being able to offer just a little bit more in terms of prizes there so definitely check that out as for me you can follow me uh on twitch at twitch.tv slash deadbrokenerd and i say that because i'm back to streaming once or twice a week in fact i might stream after this um and then you can also check out my youtube where i've posted uh i posted actually this lee sen build um just the other day and i've got another one that should have just popped up this morning oh, um, nice. so i'm back to trying to post one or two videos a week if i can um, so you can check that out. That's uh, Dead Broke Nerd on YouTube. Yeah, awesome. And that stuff will be in the show description as well. You can check me out at twitch.tv slash the lift, but most importantly, just check me out in the Discord League. There is a chance that there's going to be some changes coming up for me in October that may uh, give me the ability to stream some Legends of Runeterra on a relatively, uh, you know, uh, relatively like uh, normal basis, but I, I we don't know that 100% yet. Join the Discord League. I won't be in this one uh, because if I make it to the end again, DBN really will not allow us to do it anymore. Um, but we really want you to be in there. And here, here's my proposal. We got to talk. We're talking about it on the show right now. My proposal is that we get etched pint glasses. Oh, 
that would be sick. With the Legends Cast logo etched in the glass? Because I use a pint glass every day. My brother picks up these, like, uh, the ones from a local brewery or, like, a beer distributor that get, like, a bunch of different pint glasses in. But they're just, like, such a nice glass. I drink water, ice water out of them all day long because yeah. they're such a nice, heavy-duty glass to have around. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be sick to have an etched Legends Cast pint glass. Hundred percent agree. That that might be that might be the next giveaway is the glass. We'll we'll see. That might, that it might be harder to ship. Gotta be a little harder to ship. Yeah, yeah. It might be harder. <laughs> I'll have to get some bubble wrap, y'all. I actually have a big roll but, of bubble wrap. So bottom line, bottom line is we're thinking about more ways we can do some giveaways and stuff. Yeah, and uh, and that's you know afforded by the support we get from uh, from Patreon because we we both have jobs. We're adults. We're not trying to to make a, a living off of our podcast here. We're no. <laughs> We're, uh, but we are trying to do as much as we can to grow this podcast, grow this community, and and you know, uh, pour some love back into it. So, yep, absolutely. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Legends Cast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.